Welcome and greetings, career-minded superstars. You are listening to the exclusive Career Coach, your podcast for all things career. And I'm Lisa Edwards, the indispensable career coach for superstars just like you. Now let's dig into this week's topic, shall we? Greetings. How is everybody? How are you doing? Um, I'm actually recording this in mid-July, and this is going to come out in, this should be around September 2nd when this comes out. So <laughs> I hesitate to say what may have happened in our world between uh, between this time and early September. So I'm not even going to hazard a guess with that one. Uh, in in uh, retrospect, I hope you had a, a good summer. I bet it was an interesting one, if nothing else. So today we're going to be talking about transferable skills, and I have a guest that is going to introduce herself in a, in a moment. And the way that she came to me was through a, we both work for an outplacement firm, and the CEO of the outplacement firm reached out to me and said, oh, you just have to have this woman on your podcast to talk about transferable skills. I, I really like the way she presents them. And so she and I had a, a call a few weeks ago and we were really on the same page with this. We're both in the same space in terms of the work that we do and we really connected. So I hope that you guys will connect with this content as well. So I want to start by, by thanking Jeannie Bowen for coming on the podcast today. So thanks so much for joining me. Hi, Lisa, and hello to everyone. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to join you on the podcast, and I'm honored that Raymond would uh, recommend that you include me, so I'm, I'm excited to be here, and I'll, how about if I tell you a little bit about myself and my background? Absolutely. Give them the scoop on, on where you came from and what you're up to these days and, and what your practice looks like, all of that. Great. So I actually grew up in Buffalo, New York, and I'm one of 10, which in, in many ways has served me very well in both my personal life and my professional life. Many things I've learned from growing up in, in a large family. Um, and I currently live in the Boston area and have been here for uh, a number of years, over 15 years. Uh, I, I began my career actually in the nursing profession and was always, um, you know, loved the caring, helping aspect of that field, and as well as being able to, in some small way, make a difference in someone's life as they were going through a difficult uh, period. And so that was just kind of the core of who I am, who I uh, was back then, and still am. And, but I always had a draw to business. My mind is analytical. And I love solving problems. I love using data to solve problems. I love gathering information to help tell a story in a compelling way in business to make a business case. So into my nursing career, I, I was watching some folks come into our hospital and doing in-services. And I recognized that they didn't have the depth of medical knowledge. And I thought that might be a way for me to transfer my skills, which I didn't realize was even a, a term at the time, but to use my skills in business, my medical skills. And so I started out on the path of, and I thought, oh, this will be easy. I have, I have great experience. And I started meeting with recruiters about getting into medical sales. And oh boy, did I learn very quick that they did not have an appreciation for the, the wonderful skills that I thought I had. They kept saying to me, but you don't have sales experience. And out of, you know, 
being rejected a number of times, um, I just, out of sheer frustration in one of those meetings, I said to the recruiter, I do have selling skills. They're just different. They're skills of persuasion. You have to acknowledge that a patient who's sick and uncomfortable, and when they give me permission to start an IV or give them an enema, I've been pretty compelling in explaining to them why there's a benefit to them. And that just came out of, you know, uh, divine intervention, I guess. But, but what I was actually doing and not knowing was I was taking my transferable skills and helping him see that if I could do that with a patient, I definitely could do that in the business environment. And he gave me a chance. And that was all I needed. Um, and I, I then worked for a medical company for, for 25 years. I say I grew up professionally there. I went from being a sales rep to a manager. I was a vice president of sales three different times in three different divisions. And I ended my career as a general manager. And what I knew that I loved, obviously I loved the thrill of this, you know, achieving our sales goals every year. But what I really was passionate about was helping my team achieve their goals because when they achieve their goals, I achieved mine. And so I recognized that I was a coach, you know, and mentor throughout my career. And um, so after 25 years, I started to do some soul searching about what would my next chapter look like. And I started to explore with, a, with a, a coach, actually, about the things that I was interested in. And then I went to work for a startup for a short period of time. And, um, you know, one of the things I recognized was, again, I was using transferable skills because I always had the question, could I, I've been very good in the medical market, but could I take these same you know, skills that I have and could I be successful somewhere else? I know how to find the big blue H sign. And so I actually was hired and was very successful in helping a, a, a small startup company that was offering an HR benefit, a human resource benefit to the financial services and legal group. And it was such a confidence builder for me to see that, yes, you know, these are things that I can do in any industry. And then the, the final time when I actually did, you know, again, push myself out of my comfort zone was when I really stepped back and said, but could I do this on my own? Could I go out and create my own business? And again, I kind of hunkered down and took inventory of what I have done and how I've done it. And yes, I can do this. And I, you know, I launched my own, my own career and executive coaching business, which has also evolved to including retirement coaching for, for my clients on the, you know, what will I do on Monday morning? So one of the core things that I've learned about myself is I've always been motivated by the, the fact that, you know, and been told that, you know, if, I, if it can't be done, I'm going to find a way to do it. And, and the way I've done that is by really thinking about, you know, the, what do I have? What will allow me to be able to do it? So, so that's, that's kind of who I am, Lisa, and, and how I got to where I am today. I'm fascinated by, as I talk to, especially to other coaches and have them on the podcast or I'm on their podcast, the very different paths that we take to get here, right? And they're all very interesting. And I think my initial back in the day, my reaction was like, well, there's just one way to do this. Like you have to have this background and it's just not true. And it's so interesting. And, and I, um, so I applaud you because I think I'm a pretty good salesperson, but I'm not sure that I could convince anybody to let me give them an enema, nor would I want to give them an enema. So I want to just put that out on the table as well. So congrats to you for, 
<laughs> for that. And I love that you recognize that, hey, if I can convince a patient to, for me to stick something there or do this thing to them that <laughs> I must be able to sell. So, so this concept of transferable skills, I, I think it's important that we kind of frame this with a definition as, so how do you kind of define transferable skills for your clients? So I, I talked to them about the fact that they, they are skills, their qualities, their experiences that we've developed throughout our life. And they, they're the things that contribute to our success in our life and in our careers. And they're not just confined to work. So often we think that they're hardcore tactical skills that we've developed, but some come from our school days, playing on sports teams, the lessons learned. Um, and they could be coming from hobbies. You know, you may be a coach. Uh, you've developed leadership skills in that role. You might be a multilingual. You might do some volunteer work where you are a grant writer or a fundraiser. You're a collaborator. You may hold a leadership position in your volunteer work. You might do some public speaking in it. So you might not do those things in your job, but you may do it in other areas. So um, and then obviously the, the place we, we go first when we think about transferable skills is our career. And, they, and, and you look at things like, what are the people skills that I have? What are the technical skills that I have? Um, you know, do I use technology in my work or in my personal life? And you know, am I a good problem solver? I always say, what is it that people come to you for when they need help? Because oftentimes those are the things that you're really good at. And sometimes we don't even take stock in what these things are. But the, the transferable skills are the things that you can take with you either when you're advancing in your current company onto the next position, or if you're you know, changing positions, changing companies, cha changing industries. And, and I'll just give you, Lisa, a few examples of you know, some of the universal transferable skills like communication and dependability or teamwork and organization, being adaptable, being flexible, um, being a collaborator, uh, you know, someone who takes initiative or being a creative problem solver and you know the 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 famous you know multitasker right the person who is the busiest and gets the most done but that is a skill and a quality if you can manage multiple projects um, it, you know being able to manage projects or having a strong customer orientation having good um, software and and database skills and experience or financial um, you know, you might be involved in, in billing or managing the books and, and critical thinking. So those are, those are just a, you know, kind of a beginning list of, of how I engage with my clients in, in the discussion of what are transferable skills. And when I think about my own career, I think about this, these transferable skills that I took from place to place. So my first career out of undergrad was I had a degree in music education and I taught in the public school system for three years. I thought it was going to be my whole career and I didn't leave because I was unhappy. I left because I was, I was getting married and I had to relocate and my attitude was kind of let's see where these where these skills will be used. Of course again transferable skills probably weren't even a thing back then but I was thinking that way. <clears throat> 
And I ended up going to work for a company that no longer exists now. It was a retail drug chain and they needed area training coordinators and they were looking for people with a teaching background. And so I have a, I have a 76 year old brother who doesn't, who thinks that mom wasted the money on the undergraduate degree because I only used it for three years. But the fact is I've used it my entire career. So I took that ability to manage a group of, you know, <laughs> if you can manage 30, you know, two second graders, you can certainly manage a, a small room full of, you know, new hires. And, and then of course the, the teaching skills, the presentation skills that I had developed transferred beautifully into um, working at that retail drugstore. And then when I left there, I got a job in higher education, continuing education. So instead of doing the presentations, I was doing the coordination of the people who would do the presentations. So business classes or special interest classes, foreign language classes. I did the legal continuing education um, courses for the lawyers in town. So I was kind of on the other side of the table, but still in that education realm. And after just a short time in that job, I got hired into the career center. Um, you know, honestly, <laughs> not sure why. Glad they did. Not sure why, but I was already an employee at the university. I was this internal candidate. I came with glowing recommendations and found that it really wasn't that different to plan Again, I'm, it's education. I was planning the career preparation courses for the students and getting them in contact with recruiters and employers and that kind of thing. So I, I definitely have experienced the concept of transferable skills in my, in my own career. So my question to you is, with everything that's going on now here in, in 2020 and and, and COVID and the pandemic, why do you think that transferable skills are, are, or do you think that they're especially important right now? And if so, why? Well, 2020, Lisa, <laughs> it, it, I, I call it unprecedented times. I don't know how to better say it, but I'll, I'll start with, I am a, a, not professional, but my passion is photography. And I remember on New Year's Day, taking a walk out in a nature preserve that I love and just reflecting on 2020, it's the upcoming year, you know, how we do that with a fresh kind of slate. And I saw these two swans in the water kind of next, next to each other with just a little bit of space between them. And they were in this perfect angle. And when I saw it, I thought, oh my gosh. They look like a two, you know, their head, the shape of their head and their body. And I went home and I took the picture and I, you know, I, I put zeros in between. So it was my, <laughs> this is my inspiration for 2020. I'm so hopeful. I think this is going to be just an incredible year. You know, I got the signs and then before <laughs> you knew it, I felt like we were in quicksand on so many levels, right? As, as we all did. It was just our world was changing right before our eyes. And I was working with many, you know, clients who were pre-COVID, I call it, um, who were engaged in job searches. And then, you know, the, the recs went on hold, the interviews came to a screeching halt, many people's jobs were furloughed, hours were cut back, positions were eliminated. And so to answer your question about, you know, why is it our transferable skills, and I do believe they are more important than ever in 2020, because what I found was the people who are flexible and adaptable 
and are aware, they're self-aware of the skills they have. They, they were not only able to survive through this, but they've thrived. I mean, I, I can give you uh, an example of, of some people that have actually thrived be, by being an invaluable resource to a company in a time of you know, great challenge. And so one of my clients that, I, that what I was working with pre-COVID, very sharp executive in the world of digital transformation, and he worked predominantly in the field of procurement, so purchasing, supply chain, and his whole approach was helping companies go from being you know, an, in an analog system using spreadsheets and manual processes to transforming their business you know, through technology so that they became more efficient and more cost effective. And you know, during COVID, people weren't really focused on procurement and purchasing and how do I improve my process per se, right? It wasn't kind of the hot topic of the, of the hour. And so he and I were were brainstorming during one of our sessions about, okay, you know, so the things you were working on have come to a pause. Let's just blue sky a little bit about what is hot right now in the market. You know, clearly healthcare, uh, there, there were a number of topics, right? You know, how to, if he was in distribution about how to get uh, toilet paper and paper towels, he would, have been, <laughs> he would have been set, right? But but the more we brainstormed, I was telling him, you know, interest rates have just bottomed out, right? So, so many people are refinancing. My, my son who bought a condo is already refinancing and saving so much money. And in that conversation, he had an aha moment and a light bulb went off. One of his MBA you know, colleagues that he knew years ago was in the world of banking and mortgages. So he approached his, his friend about, you know, how are things going? You must be just, you know, hitting it on all cylinders. And the guy said, I cannot hire enough people to keep up with this refinancing. And, and my client said, well, you, you know, I think you need to change your process. I think you need to transform how you're processing these mortgages and he was hired to come in and digitally transform the whole refi that was happening uh, and and you know made a huge contribution in that organization so he wasn't limited to an industry or a specific field but he knew how to recognize and you know through our work together what is relevant today, what is needed. And because he knew what his skills were that were transferable, he could solve a problem right away. So I, sometimes I think, Lisa, having a, an example helps to illuminate, you know, why something is important. And, and absolutely. That yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, there's so many things that I love about that story. And, and it sounds to me like this individual, he was coming from a place of, this is something I'm, this is a strength that I love to use. We call them motivated skills, or at least I do. And this is a skill that I can use in this other industry. It's not coming from a place of desperation or graspiness or, you know, if I have to, I'll do this thing. And I think that's so important right now because I think a lot of people are, are quickly getting into that desperation mode. And instead of coming from a place of strength and a place of confidence and competence, they're coming from that place of desperation, kind of, I'll take anything. And that is, I think it's like employer repellent spray to me. I don't know how you feel about that, but to me, it's employers, if they don't recognize it overtly, like I know what this is, this is grasping neediness, it's like they can smell it and they, they know there's something that's not 
they're not clicking with this this candidate and they they're repelled by them even if they don't recognize why what do you think about that well i feel like you were in my office <laughs> earlier this week because i i'm working with a client who has done amazing work on her search so far really leveraging her network and just doing a phenomenal job but i think that the world we're living in all of a sudden she hit that wall of panic right mm -hmm. even though she's making progress and moving the needle forward but i i, I did have to have a, a pretty direct conversation with her and i said i think you need to take a day off of your job search and you need to go out in nature you know she, i knew she liked to kayak and I said, and just unplug because I can hear in your voice that just what you're describing, that panic, that desperation. And I said, you have so much to offer. And the worst thing you want is for someone to pick up that desperation and that neediness. So you, you are spot on. And, and she, you know, she said, I know that I have sensed that about myself. And, and thank you for you know, confirming that that's what I need to do. So it comes out in different ways to your point. Yeah. It either comes out in how you present yourself to a prospective employer how you approach your job search before you mm -hmm. ever get you don't even get to talk to an employer because you either lag off on your job search or you get into i find that my clients oftentimes when they're doubting themselves they start to get into just looking at job boards over and over again you know and, and the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results so it's like i don't want to talk to the world i don't have any confidence so instead of doing the things that are really successful in getting a job i'm just going to focus on the job boards because i don't have to look at anybody i don't actually have to get out of my pajamas or ever take a bath and i'm just going to do more of that thing that has been wholly unsuccessful for me in the past and it and when i when i kind of you know mirror that back to them and reflect that that's what i'm seeing it kind of you can see them physically react to it because they just didn't they they didn't recognize what they were doing to themselves but they were they were in their little you know it's kind of like the turtle i'm going to put pull <laughs> i'm going to pull the shell over my head and uh, i don't want to look at anybody i don't want to have to talk to anybody i don't want to have to go anywhere or do anything so i'm just going to keep pushing job board buttons i think there's so much value Lisa, in, in working with a coach like, like yourself, because it's so easy to get into a rut and not realize you're there. And so it does take someone who's willing to, to be courageous enough to kind of call you out on it, but help you figure out how to move forward from it. Exactly. I, I have done podcasts recently and talked about the fact that I think career coaches are more important now than ever. And I know that along the lines of the, the turtle mentality, the tendency is to hoard your money, to be very safe and protective of it because you don't know when you're going to get another job and you don't know when the, you know, the, the stimulus is going to run out or whatever it is that your circumstance is. And I think it's one of those situations where it's such a great investment. If it gets you into the right job, maybe getting paid better than you would have otherwise and quicker, it's so worth it to invest, invest that money in someone like us. Um, but enough of the commercial, I could, <laughs> I could talk about that all day. So tell us what kind of process you take your clients through specifically as they identify their transferable skills and kind of figure out what that means for them. Sure. And, and I think I mentioned to you, I did myself work with a, uh, a career coach when I started to make my last transition into what I'm doing now. And so I, I, as I work with my clients, I reflect back on what worked well for me. And one of the things that, that 
I spend time on, even before I you know, worked on a, a resume or my bio, or my, I really did a lot of soul searching about what is my brand, right? What is it that I'm passionate about and that I want to be known and am known um, for in, you know, amongst my, my, my peer group, the, within the industry, and even, um, even within my family, right? So it's, it's kind of a core value of kind of who am I? And what I know about myself is that I'm, I'm good at helping people see what is possible. And I got to that through some of the things that I'll, I'll talk to you about that I do with, with my clients. And so I help them to clarify their vision, right? What will success look for? What will it look like for them? And, you know, as they're either in their job search, you know, what, what would it look like? Will it be like landing a job that's exactly like what you have? Is it something with more responsibility? Is it in a different industry? I think you need to kind of have a vision of what you want, where you want to go, and then develop a plan. And I, you know, and that's what we do to help them get there. And, and oftentimes, especially if it's with a client that I, I haven't worked with and, you know, we're just starting... The resume is a good place to start because it's tangible, it's tactical, tactical, they feel comfortable talking about it, right? And so we'll do a resume review and it helps, it helps to bring self-awareness and build their confidence. I have a client I'm working with right now. She's been with the company for 20 years and has been amazingly successful, but she came to me with extremely low confidence, tremendous uncertainty about what was possible for her? What could she do? And I'm always amazed when people who have been so successful, but I, I think that sometimes the longer you're with a company or if you've had a job loss, it, it shakes your world. So the resume review is a great place for me to help build that confidence and bring their self-awareness because oftentimes they've kind of forgotten what, they're, what they've done and what they're good at. And then I have them write a, a very comprehensive list of their transferable skills. And I have several documents and tools with thought, you know, provoking questions that I, I use with clients to help them reflect on it. And then we'll discuss it. And oftentimes I'm able to even help uh, extract and, and point out things that they're not even seeing just from our interactions. Um, I've got a good career exploration tool that I use. And, the, and there's a number of different online resources that I'll refer clients to, um, you know, as they're working through this process to help them identify the kind of what do they want to do, where do they want to do it, how much money do they need to earn, and what is, what is really possible for them. And then, you know, we work at pulling it all together and testing the market. So, okay, we know what you want to do. We know what you're good at. We know kind of what you need to earn. What opportunities are there in the marketplace? And we start with, you know, are there companies you've thought of? You know, so if they've already got a preconceived idea of things, we'll start there. Otherwise, we can do research. You know, I have them do some research on, online. There's different um, occupational sites that provide information, different salary sites that can provide information. And, and once they start to lock in on, okay, this is an industry I like, or this is a company I like, I say, all right, now we need to see how marketable you are in those potential roles. And so I have them, even if it's not something that they're going to apply for, I have them pull some job postings. And we look at those and say, okay, 
here are the required responsibilities and skills that they're looking for. How do you match up? You know, you've got your inventory list of here's what I'm, here's my transferable skills. Do you match up? And, you know, if they're wanting to pivot, but they're not sure, again, um, you know, where to go, we use some of those resources that I've, that I've discussed. But again, pulling job descriptions and, and we identify, are there any gaps in what they have versus what, what is required? And we identify, okay, what do you need to do? Do you need additional training? Do you need some education? Do you need to get some experience either in your current role, um, through volunteer work, through um, you know, getting uh, uh, um, taking on an online course that would help you? And once they feel that they're at a place, okay, you know, I do have what I need, but maybe it's just that my title is so different or the work that I've done, then I help them build their resume to showcase that the transferable skills they have that um, really demonstrate to the employer that they're a qualified candidate. And we, you know, we really build um, a metrics kind of, or, you know, uh, uh, you know, I try to identify metrics that will tie back to those transferable skills showing that, okay, you know, kind of back to the, I can, I can convince a patient to let me do something really unpleasant um, or I've, I'm able to convince a doctor to write an order, but have him think that it was his idea, right? So, you know, some of those transferable skills, but how do you quantify those, right? And I help them build their resume that is, um, will be, you know, show the, the employer that they are a qualified candidate. And then I begin to coach them on how can they speak about those transferable skills in the interview process, because they've really, they can't expect the employer to make the jump that, oh, you did this here, it would be good here. And so I coach them on how to really make an explicit case to be able to show that those skills are transferable and using really tangible examples of how they've used them successfully in their current role. And then I also recommend to them that they need to have referrals ready, people who will speak to be able to support their experiences to be able to say, yes, you know, I, I did work with Jeannie. She was a board member in our volunteer group and she was an exceptional fundraiser, right? Mm -hmm. So what are the, the skills that you need to highlight and to be able to have people who will speak to those so that it's not just you saying I'm good at it, but you're showing them through examples, you're building references that can um, speak to it and really preparing them for, for those interviews as they, um, as they are able to set them up. I love all of those steps and I, I love the um, kind of all of the self-awareness that comes through this process. And um, I think it sounds like you have the same experience with your clients that I do is that they see themselves through completely different eyes through this process. I think it's one of the biggest benefits of working with a career coach is um, oftentimes my clients will look at themselves, you know, in their new resume and they'll be like, I would totally hire this person. I had mm -hmm. a client recently and she said, she said, wow, I'm, I'm actually a stud, aren't I? <laughs> I said, yes. <laughs> but they see themselves in such a different light. And I think that's worth the price of admission alone. I, I'm thinking about this in terms of those listeners who aren't looking for a job, who love what they do, things are secure right now as, as much as it can be. What's the benefit kind of in doing this process proactively so it's kind of part of your career development plan, your career management plan, and you're just kind of, I mean, I can envision one thing would be looking at 
okay, for the next level in the in my job. So the next, whatever the next rung would be, whether it's with this company or another company, I need to develop this. So let's say it's, I need to manage people. I've, you know, my current job, I don't manage anybody. I will be managing people. So how can I get some experience with that? How can I go to my boss and say, here's what I'd like to do, or how can I get that experience? Um, what, what would you add to that in terms of kind of proactively developing transferable skills? So I, I, I think that's a great suggestion, Lisa. I'm all about being, uh, being proactive, right? And not waiting till COVID hits when all of a sudden you've got to the, the, you know, change everything uh, as quickly as you can. So I, I strongly suggest that people do have a plan in their, you know, a plan of where, what is my next step, right? And that inventory of what do I need to be successful in that plan, but then engaging other people to help with, with that, right? Whether, you know, yes, a coach will help you tremendously. In addition to having, start to say, who will be my team that will help me be successful? And what I mean by that is you may have a mentor in the company that you work with, so letting them know what your goals are, especially if it is, you know, internal within the company that you're looking for something else, letting your, if you're, you know, let's just go on that track of you looking for uh, the next opportunity to be within your company. Cause that's, I'll, I'll just speak through that, that lens. Um, but, you know, letting your mentor know, letting your boss know that that is part of your plan. I, I'm amazed at how many people uh, I spoke on a woman's leadership team at our the company I worked at for 25 years. And I was amazed at how many people thought that I went from sales rep to VP of sales and then general manager because I had somebody internally that was helping me along the way. And I, I just stood back and I was just in awe. We create our own destiny, right? Mm -hmm. And so having, it, it, communicating what your goals are, asking those people, your mentor, your boss, what do you see that I need to do to help get there? And whether it's it put me on a committee that is out of my, my, my current role so that I can get a broader picture, so that I can have other experiences, so I can meet people in other departments. So that might be a way of doing it. Um, doing, inf you know, I love informational interviews. People love to tell you about the work they've done, how they got there. And, and so identifying people that are in those roles that you're interested in, whether they be in your company, outside of your company, and then speaking with them about you know, what skills and experiences they found to be most valuable and how did they get those. So you know, in, engaging other people, uh, take online courses if that's what you need and volunteer in your community. It's, it's amazing how good it feels when you stop thinking about yourself and you start helping other people how all of a sudden your your eyes open up, your network opens up. And so I, I'm such an advocate of, of volunteer work because I do I think that it really does help you to see other perspectives. And then seek out opportunities that will allow you to gain those those gap uh, skills. So you know, like I said, either in your current position, um, externally, and um, you know I. I it, it, it's so interesting. Um, the I have a client right now who is exceptional. She's in business development, but she works for an association, and she is. Um, and this is just kind of along the lines of kind of how do you seek out uh, those experiences? And she 
develops platforms for the members of the association. They have the content, but she helps to develop the, the platforms for them to distribute the content of like um, quality initiatives and things like that. So she, she and I had a conversation, this was just this week, and you know, she was looking at maybe I could go work for one of those companies in the association. And so we started kind of blue skies, same, you know, like what, where else could your skills be relevant and where else could you use them and what's happening in the world? I love that question for people today, especially. Mm -hmm. And so I said, you know, your platform, I said, education right now is in crisis in my opinion, right? You know, children are being educated at home, online. Many parents think it's ineffective. Do we open? Don't we open? And I said, you're all about building a platform to help with that education. And I have to tell you, Lisa, she was like, oh, I was a high school teacher before I ever got into this. <laughs> <laughs> right? Hello. And I said, bingo. Right? And so in that conversation, she said, oh, wow. You know, I know this person who's a, a, a college administrator. I know this person in the high school field. I know these people in the you know, grade school. I'm going to go talk to them. So I think, you know, hopefully that's a, a good example of kind of, it, it just shows the power of, we forget the, the value that we have. We forget that there's, you know, from school to business to what's happening in the world. And so how can you, you know, prepare yourself now? It's just really, again, taking stock in all that you've done and not being afraid of blue skying and not being afraid of engaging someone. Cause I can, you know, not to, not to take credit for, but I can almost guarantee you, she said, it, I would have never, ever, ever thought of, you know, taking what I've done and what's really relevant now. I would have gone right down the path of where I was. And so, um, you know, I think that, that that's what people can do today, even if you're not in search, is to really step back and take that inventory, look at what's happening in the world around you keep your mind open and your thinking open and, and talk to other people, you know, use a coach, have a mentor. It's, it's extremely beneficial in, in, you know, in, in, in helping you achieve happiness because I think all too often we get up and we go to work and we do the same thing every day. And, and I remember saying to my sales team when I would be leaving my house at four 30 in the morning and driving to the airport and I'd see all the lights out in all the other houses. And I'd think, they're all still sleeping. Why am I so excited and energized? And it's because I loved what I did. And hopefully you can hear in my voice, I love what I do right now. And if you don't love what you're doing and you still have a job and you're not in that crisis where I have to have one, it's a perfect time, like you said, to plan for and identify what, what am I passionate about? What am I really good at? So... Um, you know, that's what, you know, long answer, Lisa, to your question, but there's much that people can do today. Absolutely can do and really should do so that they're never caught flat footed. There's always kind of an, uh, for lack of a better word, kind of an exit strategy, whether it's because the company walks into your office one day and says, you no longer work here, or you come to a point where you are ready to move on, your, your work with that company has completed um, for you mentally and emotionally, and you're ready to go on to another challenge. I have a lot of clients who come to me who are not dissatisfied so much as stagnant, and they feel as though 
the challenge. They just need that new challenge. They feel like they can, in fact, I'm working with a, a client right now and he's like, I could do this in my sleep. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and you would appreciate, I won't share the circumstances of his work, but it's very relevant to your, your career as a nurse. And you would probably totally agree with where he's at right now. So how can listeners find you, Jeannie? What are you, where are you at? So I'm on LinkedIn uh, as Jeannie Bowen. I, I have an e you know, email, JeannieBowen at gmail.com. Um, I'm happy to share my phone number. It's 603-718-9696. And um, if, if my message resonates and sounds like it would be helpful to someone, I would, I would love to help them see what is possible for them. Excellent. And that is spelled J-E-A-N-N-E-B-O-H-E-N. I'm going to have that in the show notes, um, as well as the contact information that she's just listed for you. So if you have questions, specifically if you're at that, that executive level, you're looking for to make that change, I think Jeannie's going to be an excellent op uh, option for you. As always, I want to be your career coach as well. So, you know, you've got a great two great options here. So be sure and uh, use the link in the show notes to schedule a 45-minute consult with me. We're going to walk through where you're at now, where you want to go, what you've done to get there, what might be holding you back, and, and I'm going to prescribe for you. I'm going to take in a lot of information from you, ask you a lot of deep questions, and then I'm going to prescribe um, as the expert what it will take to get you where you want to go. And if that involves working with me, I'll let you know what that work looks like. Um, but uh, my main goal is to serve you in those calls and to make sure that you get what you need. So I hope you'll take advantage of that. And I will see you guys next week. Jeannie, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you, Lisa. Y'all take care. See you later. You've been listening to the Exclusive Career Coach with Lisa Edwards, CEO of Exclusive Career Coaching. It would be great if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Also, I want to be your career coach, so be sure to ask questions about your career management challenges and job search situation. Until next time.